Thank you for being here today. God bless you. I know many of you are guests visiting our church, and we're delighted that you are here. If you're one of our Red Cross volunteers and you're in the sanctuary, would you, uh, it's okay if just ask you to stand. If y'all are here worshiping with us, or any of you guys in the sanctuary, okay. God bless y'all. Yeah, good, good. Thank y'all. Awesome. Amen. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. What a, what a blessing it is to have uh, them here with us, and we are hosting them. That's the reason for all the, the cots in the atrium and in the, uh, in the ministry mall area. Also, uh, Spectrum News, uh, Victoria is here today, did an interview earlier, and um, she's doing some filming of our service today, and also she's going to be interviewing some of you guys and just taking some shots of our church uh, because today uh, is a national day of prayer. I don't know if you, you heard about this, but President Donald Trump uh, issued today as a national day of prayer for the catastrophe and all that, the hurt that we're dealing with as a nation due to Hurricane Harvey. So, Victoria, God bless you. I know you're here somewhere. Just want to acknowledge you. There you are in the back, and thank you. Can we just say, tell the media how much we appreciate them, and uh, God bless you and what you do. Amen. So, um, wow, it's been a really busy, busy last week. Um, as your pastor, I'm also the uh, chairman or moderator of the Christ Together Greater Austin Group, group of churches that come together and help reach the, the city uh, of Austin with the gospel. And we have been collaborating, partnering with ABBA, the Austin Bridge Builders Association, as well as our Austin Disaster Relief Network. And so these three have really come together, and we've had multiple uh, early morning phone conferences and late at night uh, communications because we're really trying to rally uh, our great city of Austin to do all that we can uh, to try to help, you know, ameliorate, improve the situation that is before our people. And I just got to say, church, I have just never been more proud of my church than I have been these last few days. You have been absolutely amazing. We're opening up our doors, but we're also sending teams. We have people, even as we speak, church members who are going uh, Fred Upright, one of our great church members here, his son Trey and a buddy went down, took a boat and rescued 200 people out of Houston and the, in the area. So it's amazing, amazing. Uh, Chadwick Odnett, he is Odnett. You are maybe watching us live stream. He, um, we, we bought a bunch of water. Uh, your tithes and offerings did. Thank you. Bless you. And we piled it on and he uh, went down. We got a great report from him today of just some amazing things that God is allowing our church to do in the greater Houston area and all those outlying areas as well. So thank you so much. So very, very proud of our church and, and love you, church family. And that Austin Disaster Relief Network, you guys are the real deal. Would you, a couple of y'all, just stand up. Let us, let us recognize y'all. And God bless you. Thank you, Carol. Bless you. Wow. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So uh, let, me, let me just share some, some things with you. Hard to share. So Moises um, is the, the dad, and they have four precious children. We baptized Analia just a minute ago. But on Friday, as Rosemary was helping her children uh, uh, get into school, and at a crosswalk there, she was hit by a car. It was a hit and run. The person left, and she died as a result of her, of her injuries. And so they are a part of our church, and uh, we just want you all to know that we very much love you all. And uh, we, we stand with you. We support you. We, we don't understand. A lot of times people say, well, how? Why? 
We, we don't have answers. We just trust in God. And we just say, Lord, be with Moises. Be with these four precious children. And we as, as a church family, we want to rally around them. We want to help them in any way that we can. And I just want to put it out there. If you are a member of our church and you want to do something to help this, this family, uh, I want you to do it. And, and for some of you, it's going to be finances. You'll want to help uh, not only the people of, of Texas with the hurricane, but you want to help some of our Great Hills people. And we're already, I was in your home yesterday. We have multiple staff that's been in our home. We're providing what we can, but I just wanted you to know that, that we love y'all. We're here for you, and uh, God bless you, and we're very, very proud of you to be here today, okay? We love you very much. Bless you. Bless you. We have been studying the book of Nehemiah uh, for many months here in our church, and we're going to study it again today. But I knew there's going to be so much going on, and my four-point sermon is going to be reduced to two. Don't say hallelujah, amen yet, all right? So, but I am. I do feel like probably what I'll do is just abbreviate the message and finish the message next week as we focus on the Lord's Supper. And next Sunday, September the 10th, we will observe the Lord's Supper. And then the following day, the September 11th, on a Monday, if you'll notice the four stations up here before me, we have a cross to your right and my left, we have a Lord's Supper table, we have an empty box, and we have a church. Bud Bruner, thank you, it looks amazing. And what we're gonna do, September the 11th, 24-7 until September the 16th, we're asking our church members to sign up for an hour. And what you'll do is you'll come in through the atrium, don't wake the Red Cross people up. They'll probably be sleeping, but move on through the cots and, and come on in. And we're going to have 30 minutes. You're going to have 30 minutes with the Lord. They'll be full of sand. This box will be full of sand. And we'll ask you to confess your sins to God and just write your sins in that sand and just wipe it clean, just like God wipes your sins clean. And then we want you to go pray over here for your church. We want you to go over here. There'll be some instructions for you what to do at the cross and then we'll ask you to come stand in the pulpit, all right? We'll ask you to stand here for 30 minutes and read God's Word and then observe the Lord's Supper, just you and Jesus, okay? And then we're going to do that for 24-7. And uh, like September 11th to 16, there's some old dark 30 times in there, all right? Like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And I just want you to know, I went ahead and took one of them. I love my sleep like you, but I've got 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. September the 11th. So you can go online, sign up. We're, we're asking God to cleanse the temple, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our church, help us to be the church he wants us to be. So today's message is called Happy Days. In, in uh, Nehemiah chapter 12, and I'm going to read the whole text to you. It's going to take me a few minutes, but there are like 20 verses. And as I read the text, I want you just to enter into God's word with me today and experience the euphoria experience the enthusiasm and the joy of the people of God. They have come through some horrendous times. They have been in the valley and now God is lifting them up on the mountain. And as they're up on the mountain, they just stop and praise the Lord. They gather in choirs. They form two choirs and they march around the city. They, they end up in the temple and the, the noise, the noise from the people singing and praising God and just excitedly, exuberantly, just lifting up their praise to God. The noise was heard throughout the city of Jerusalem. And so this is why I'm calling it happy days, because these happy days follow some very difficult, hard days. And I want you to take comfort in that, that there will be some happy, joyous days after our days of hardship. 
There will be times of grief and mourning, and then there will be times of joy. And I'm so grateful to God today that God does not leave us in the pit. God does not leave us in the valley, but God sees us in our pain. God sees us in our hurt. And just like the omnipotent, awesome God that he is, he supernaturally reaches down and he lifts us up to a higher place. And that's where we are today. We're in the midst of sorrow. I understand that. And there are many, many people who are suffering and grieving. But I just want you to see this text And I want you to get this thought in your mind that happy days follow some hard days. So let me read the text to you, and you'll just see very quickly, this is an exuberant passage of Scripture. Now, please forgive me if I don't pronounce everybody's name, all right? I I, I just, I can't pronounce all these Hebrew priests and high priests and Levites. They're important, or their name wouldn't be there, but I'm just, I would butcher their name. It's, It's awful to hear me try to pronounce all those names. So if you hear me saying, amen, bless them. You just say, bless them, and we'll keep reading, all right? Unless you want to come up and try to pronounce their names. It's it's good, it's good. Now, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all of their places. And they wanted to bring the Levites because they were the singers. They were the people in the temple that led the worship and helped with the sacrifices, especially the sacrifices of praise to God, to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness. The dedication they're, they're celebrating is the temple, but especially the wall, okay? They have rebuilt the protective wall, the perimeter wall around the city of Jerusalem, and it's with gladness. Now, watch this. No, back up just a minute. With thanksgivings, plural. Now, I had to double-check that. I wanted to make sure that uh, we, we got that right, that it is in the plural. And, and you'll notice that this, this exuberance, this joy... I mean, it is just palpable in this text. It's just it's so conspicuous. It just jumps off of the page because the people of God have come through a hard time and now they are celebrating with thanksgivings, plural, and with singing, plural, and with cymbals, and with stringed instruments, and with harps. I'm telling you, they're just having a holy time of praise. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the countryside around Jerusalem, from the villages of that city. Amen. From the house of Gilgal and from the fields of Geba and Asmaveth. For the singers had built themselves villages all around Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites purified themselves. And they purified the wall and the people and the gates. What does that mean? As I've studied that, they purified themselves, the people, with ceremonial washings and cleansings. But as far as the wall, the gates, and the temple, and so forth, they would take the blood of sacrificial animals, and they would sprinkle that blood on that physical property as a representation of God cleansing the place because this is a time of holiness, a time of exuberance, a time of us coming together, and they wanted everything to be right. And they wanted to make sure that they praised God properly and that they were gathered together as one as a nation of Israel. Now, I, the first person pronoun, would be Nehemiah. He said, I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall. Are y'all with me? Can you envision this in your mind's eye for just a minute? They're on the ground, and Nehemiah gets a few ladders and they, or lean-tos, and they put those up against the wall, and here he goes. He's up on the wall, and the leaders of Judah are with him on the wall. And he said, I appointed not one, but how many? Two large Thanksgiving choirs. One went to the right on the wall toward the refuse gate, and after them, so, so get this, Nehemiah says, okay, Levites, okay, people praising the Lord, get it all together. Here we go. And they're standing here on the wall, 
And they said, let's march. And so they went this way, and it took them a while. This is a large wall around the city, and they would march all the way around the wall, and they would meet here at the temple precinct where the temple was located. And in a moment, Ezra, the priest, he's going to take his Thanksgiving choir, and they're going to go this way. So the whole city of Jerusalem is covered with praise and worship. And when they get together here at the temple, oh, man, it is so loud. I mean, the Bible even says they sing so loud that all of Jerusalem heard the people of God as they worshiped God, as they were in this moment of praise. The Lord had led them out of the valley. Now they're up on the mountain, and they are praising God for his faithfulness. And after them went Hoshiah and half of the leaders of Judah. And those guys went too. Verse 34, and so did those guys. And then a bunch of those guys went too, and them as well, and they went praising the Lord. I gave y'all a warning, right? It's not that I'm not, I'm being sacrilegious, or I just can't pronounce their names. But they also had their musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra, watch this, the scribe went before them by the fountain gate. In front of them, they went up the stairs of the city of David on the stairway of the wall, okay? Beyond the house of David, as far as the water gate eastward. The other Thanksgiving choir went the opposite way. Did y'all see what I did a moment ago? This choir, that way. This choir went this way. And Nehemiah says, I was behind them with the half of the people on the wall. So actually, Ezra went first with his choir, and then Nehemiah went with his choir. And they went past the tower of the ovens as far as the broad wall. And they went above the gate of Ephraim, above the old gate. It's just giving you the directional path that they took. The fish gate, the tower of Hananiel, the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Sheep Gate, and they stopped by the gate of the prison. So, the two Thanksgiving choirs stood in the house of God. They've encircled the city, they've stood on the wall, and they made their way to the temple. And Nehemiah says, and I and half of the people were with me, the rulers, and the priest, those guys, and those guys. But wait just a second, wait just a second, we've got to talk about one guy. The singers sang loudly. You know, I, I found that when the people of God are just praising God and they're grateful, there's not a half-heartedness in their worship. Uh, they, they just praise the Lord. They stand and they just shout unto the Lord. And, and that's what the people of Israel were doing then. And their director was leading them. And also that day they offered... Now here's the key text. I want you to get this text. In fact, we're going to look at it today. And we're going to revisit it again next week because it's so rich. It's so theologically pregnant. I, I, just, I, I could just spend all day examining this one passage of Scripture. Notice with me, church, five times. Five times in one verse. The, the word joy or a derivative of the word joy is used. That's why I'm calling it happy days. These are happy, joyous days. On that day, they offered great sacrifices and they rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with, not little, but with great joy. The women and the children also, number four, rejoiced. So that, number five, now, whoa, 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 what's this? Isn't that interesting? So that not the music, not the, the instruments, but the joy was heard. How about that? The joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. Now, I believe it encompassed their music. I believe it encompassed their voices and their instruments, but also I believe there was just a, 
a powerful, powerful spirit among the people. And, and they just could not help but lift up their voices and say, oh, thank you, God. And by the way, you would have too had you gone through what they had gone through. They had gone through 140 years of seeing the wall not only dismantled but destroyed and the debris was everywhere. And Nehemiah comes right after his colleague Ezra had come to build the temple. He comes and builds the wall and now they are there. And Ezra and Nehemiah and the people of God and they're so excited and they've gone through the hard times and now they're praising God in the good times. And at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouse for the offerings and the first fruits and the tithes to gather into them from the fields of the cities the portions specified by the law for the priests and the Levites. Now, this is really interesting. Everybody has a place. Everybody has a part. The people are praising God. The leaders are leading. Uh, the Levites are singing. The priests are offering sacrifices. And what you have here at Great Hills Baptist Church is you have a unified group of people in community with no schism, no fussing, no arguing, but they are all so rallying around the common purpose of worshiping God because of the rebuilding of the wall. And this wall, by the way, it protected them from those. They, they still had their enemies. I mean, they had people surrounding them that wanted to come in and destroy them. So they, they're, they're celebrating this. But I want you to get this in your mind, the word unity, the word togetherness, the, the word that they are all in this and, and with such unity, they, they're worshiping God. And the people rejoiced over the priests and the Levites who ministered. Can I translate that for you? The people celebrated the pastors that God had given to lead them. Just, just going to help you all out just, just a moment here. <laughs> Amen, brother. That is a good, good word. Thank you very much. Hey, the, the dynamic equivalent of that is this today. It's, this is the temple of God. You are the temple of God. This is the house of God. I am the priest, the pastor, the shepherd of God. Okay? And what it says there, and by the way, that's what happens. When people are unified, and then they're together, and they're rallying around a common purpose, they don't have pastor for lunch and dinner. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't fuss about it. They, they're like, no, no, no. We're praising the Lord. We're grateful for those that God has called to lead us. But by the way, that's what happens when revival comes. And when, they, when there's unity and people are like, we are in this together and God is so awesome and he's worthy to be praised. And so all the people are coming together and they're thanking God. And there's the singers and we got the gatekeepers. They kept the charge of their God and the charge of the purification. A couple more verses. According to the command of David and Solomon, his son. For in the days of David and Asaph of old, there were there those chiefs of the singers and songs and they sang their songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. Here's the last verse. In the days of Zerubbabel, remember him? He would come around around 537 B.C. He would lead the first wave, the first deportation, if you will, back to their place. They had been deported. They had been taken out of their homeland. And now God in his sovereign grace has allowed them to go back to their homeland. And they are thrilled with Zerubbabel. And then you have the days of Nehemiah, all of Israel. They gave the portions of the singers and the gatekeepers a portion for each day. They, what they did is they took care of the things of God and the people of God, the holy things they consecrated for the Levites. And the Levites consecrated them for the children of Aaron. So a couple things I, I want to glean with you from this text today. See, it's, it's already 11.50, so I can't do all four points. I guess I could, and we'd all be really, really hungry. But let me, let me just do the two points, 
And then we'll come back next week and we will look at the Lord's Supper. The first thing I want you to notice with me is this. Is happy days follow hard days. Just write that in your notes there. Happy days, joyous days follow the days of hardship. Do you remember Nehemiah's hardship? If you don't, let me just summarize for you briefly what he had endured. Nehemiah chapter 4 tells us that he had enemies. Israel had enemies. They had people who were determined to destroy them. There were people who were not excited at all that the people of God were back in the land of God. In fact, they had, they had persecution from without, and they had dissension and disunity from within. And be honest with you, as a pastor and as a leader, I, I think the latter gave more of a threat than the former. Yes, they had their persecutors and the people on the outside, but when Nehemiah had to rally the troops and lift up the despondent, depressed spirits because people were like, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if I can leave my family. I, I don't know if I can leave my job to do this. Man, I, I don't know. And Nehemiah comes in and says, come on, guys, hold on now. We're here. We're together. We can do this. And so there's opposition from without. There's, there's disunity and division from within. And Nehemiah rises up and he leads. In Nehemiah chapter 6, you'll remember. Uh, you'll remember these men, Geshem, Sanballat, Tobiah, those names of those, those people who persecuted Nehemiah. They tried to deceive him. In fact, they wanted to kill him. And they wanted to everything they, they could in their power to try to stop the building project in order that the people of God would continue to be scattered and dispersed abroad. But Nehemiah, bless his soul, he just kept on going for 52 days, church, 52 days. The wall had been destroyed for 140 years, and in a remarkable 52 days, they rebuilt it. And then in verses, chapters 8 and 9, they had a revival. And in chapters 10 and 11, they're celebrating. And then in chapter 12, it just all comes together. This great consummation of a party, a celebration of thanking God for delivering them. Can I just go on record and say, the bad days, they don't last forever. The good days are coming. Hold on. Be faithful. Don't give up. Don't succumb. Don't capitulate to the opposition and to the pain and to those who are trying to press you down. Like Nehemiah, just keep walking. Just keep marching. Just keep building the wall because in the end, God will win and so will you. Stay with it. Stay with it. When I was 27 years of age, I became the pastor of the oldest church in Tarrant County. It was, yeah, it was funny. It really, God has a sense of humor. The church started in 1850. 144 churches in Tarrant County. I was 27. In fact, they did a write-up in the paper, the local paper. Youngest pastor, oldest church. Good luck with that, buddy. No, they didn't, they didn't say that. <laughs> but 68 people voted to sin. Remember that, Ashley? At Mount... Gilead Baptist Church in Keller, Texas. Let me back up just a little and tell you what happened before that. Ashley and I, we had been married for four years, uh, had a miscarriage, a horrible experience. Just almost devastating. Some of you have experienced that. We got pregnant again, and, and here comes Hannah. All 10 pounds of her, amen? Yeah, 10 pounds. 9 pounds, 15 and a half ounces, sorry. And here she come, big bundle of joy she was. In my church where I was serving at the time, I was a minister of evangelism at Travis Avenue Baptist Church, and I get that notice that nobody wants to get. Uh, you've been let go. 
So what do you mean I've been let go? I just had a baby. And by the way, my insurance just went up and the rent on our apartment just went up. What do you mean I, I was let go? Like fired? Terminated? They said, oh, no, no, nothing like that. But uh, the pastor of our church has gone to be the pastor of First Baptist Dallas. And since you worked directly for him, and we're going to enter into a time of interim pastor and so forth, we really don't have a place for you. So sorry, I don't think there was any severance or any of that kind of stuff. They just said, God bless you. Amen. <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding, right? I just entered in the Ph.D. program, just had our baby. All these expenses were coming in. And so I thought, what, what are we going to do, you know? So I just took on another job, just started working, doing all that I could do. Well, for a few months, we dealt with that. And then in March of 1991, Mount Gilead Baptist Church calls me as their pastor. And, and, and we were just in one of those seasons of life. The church was just growing. I mean, people were just pouring in. People were being saved and baptized. And it was, it was a fun time, an exciting time, most of the time. Of course, you always have some hard times. But let me tell you something else about this church. From 1861 to 1864, there was something going on in America. Does anybody know what that was? That was the Civil War. And the church and the churches suffered greatly. In fact, the pastor left, and a man by the name of Daniel Bancroft, who today, if you go to uh, Mount Gilead, their Bancroft Road runs right in front of the church, named after Daniel Bancroft. He was a layman, a layman in the church who said, I don't care if we don't have a pastor, and I don't care if there is a war going on. We're going to worship God in this place, and I don't care if me and my family are the only ones that are going to be here, but we're going to worship God at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. And that was from 1861 and 65, and they did. In 1865, that little church led all the other churches in baptisms in the Tarrant Baptist Association. Today, that little church has grown to over 600. They changed their name, by the way. They're called the Mount, and they're on some days of celebration. Can I just go on record and say, be faithful, hang in there, don't quit, don't give up, stay with the stuff, stay with Jesus, stay with what is right, and happy days, good days will follow the hard and arduous days. Isn't that true in life? Isn't that true in planting a garden? How many enjoy planting a garden? My word. You know, you're sweating, you're toiling, you're sticking those seeds in there and covering it up, putting fertilizer on it. That ain't happy. But I'll tell you what is happy when that fruit comes up, man. And that corn and tomatoes and peas, come on now. Anybody getting hungry? That's good days. But those good days don't come unless you experience those hard days. How about some of our marriages? Would you just stand up and testify if you're here today and say, I am married and I've never had a bad day in my marriage. Just the most glorious things ever happened to me in my life. I'm sorry, I couldn't see y'all over here. Anybody? <laughs> okay, you, you, could, you can do it. But I'd say, liar, liar, pants on fire, right? Because we, we, there's always hard days. But here's what I'm finding. If you stay in it, get through it, God will bless your marriage far more than you could ever imagine. It may take a little time. It may take a little Kyle Miller, amen. It may take some pastors and some help, but stay with it. The principle is, whether it's the nation of Israel, whether it's a local church, whether it's a family, whether it's a business, whether it's a sports team, whatever it is, 
Come on, Tom Herman. Help us, brother. Help us. We, we're pulling for you. Good night. Come on. But I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to say too much about this, but I just, I think better days are in store for the University of Texas. Can't get much worse. All right. It's going to be, it's going to be better for them. Number two, happy days have happy leaders. Did y'all see Nehemiah? Did y'all see Ezra? In your mind's eye, did you see him? Did you see Zerubbabel? I mean, Zerubbabel's on past, but I could see the same kind of traits in him. Nehemiah's like, okay, 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 guys, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Get off the wall, come on. Come on, oh, God bless you, brother, thank you. Okay, everybody get right here. All right, here's what we're going to do. All right, now, Ezra, you go that way, and I'll go this way. And here's, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll have two choirs. The people are so excited. God has blessed us so much. He's brought us through the hardship. Come on, y'all ready to sing praise to, to the Lord? Yeah, Nehemiah and Ezra, let's go. And so they make their way all the way to the temple, and they're praising God. And there Nehemiah is. He's exuberant. He's joyful. He's leading the way. Confession's good for the soul. I want to be more like that. Because when times get hard, Brother Danny sucks on his lemons and persimmons and he gets sad, you know. I'm like the little up man, you know, just, you know. And were it not for the Holy Spirit, my wife and Terry and a few others, I, I might stay like that. They're like, God's on his throne. God's not through with his church. Lift up your head, lift up your eyes. Be optimistic. People are taking their cue from you. You're the, you're the leader. Look in the mirror. Come on. We'll get through these hard times. and They're going to be great times. And I tell you, I, I, okay, yes, I agree with that. Happy days have happy leaders. Leaders who are strong. Nehemiah has come through some hard times. I get that. When he was going through his hard times, I don't think he was going, ooh, let's go, guys. Come on, Thanksgiving choirs, let's go, let's go. No, but I think he had this resoluteness about him, this steel backbone that was like, this is hard, but hey, look at this. We're going to get through this. When the coach, when, when they lose the game and they go in the press conference, and they, if they go in there and say, this is the pitiful, most pitiful team I've ever seen in my life, I wording seen so many turnovers, it's just pitiful, terrible, pitiful, pitiful. You can't do that. you got to go in and say, yes, we made some mistakes, but by golly, tomorrow morning we're going to watch the film, and then on Monday we're going to correct those mistakes, and we're going to get back out there, and we're going to be better for it. Happy days have happy leaders. Let, let, let me share this quick story with you, and we'll start wrapping it up. i got all my notes over here. There's a lot of things I want to say. We'll, we'll just condense it. Chuck Swindoll, I, I, I love him. He's pastoring up in the Dallas area. For years, he pastored in uh, California, and um, just, just really, just a unique guy. Him and Cynthia, they're in their 70s, maybe even 80s now, and I don't know if they still ride their Harley Davidsons, but they, he used to ride his Harley Davidson around California, and he, he just has this optimism about him that is contagious. But he said, you know, when we were in seminary, we went through some really hard times, and I, I just, I'm just going to read a little bit to you because it's kind of funny. And I, and I think we need to laugh a little bit. But he writes it in a way that it's just funny. He said, when I was in seminary, Cynthia and I lived in one of the campus apartments. What a dump. My study was so small that I had to step outside to turn a page. 
we had hot and cold running rats. I'm, I'm happy to say those apartments have been destroyed. There, there were enough crummy surroundings to depress even Norman Vincent Peale. Now that dates it a little bit, but some of y'all know Norman Vincent Peale is Mr. Positivity. He goes, let me tell you, we had some days that even he would be depressed. But he says, we were determined that we would cultivate our sense of humor instead of letting the place paralyze us. Okay? We would cultivate our sense of humor instead of letting the place absolutely paralyze us. And then the funny part, he writes, Looking back, some of our most pleasant memories occurred there. We entertained faculty members, fixed exotic meals, all with hamburger meat, I might add, and we even sang duets with the couple next door. And here's how. The walls were so paper thin that in the morning I would harmonize with my neighbor in his shower <laughs> next door. <laughs> I'm like, come on. It was also Chuck Swindoll who said this famous quote. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Happy days have they follow some very hard and difficult times. And happy days have happy leaders. Final thing I want to say to you. Do you have joy? Do you have happiness? No, no, I'm being real. I, I know we're going to have hard days. We all have hard days. Our marriages fall on hard times. Our finances uh, are depleted sometimes. Our churches go through hard times. Our favorite teams lose and keep losing. I, I get that. Hard times are reality. But the thing about God is so amazing that even when our happiness meter may go low, God always allows our joy to overflow. And that's the difference. And Victoria was asking me earlier as we are doing this interview for Spectrum News, she's like, Times like this, does it bring out the best in people or does it bring out the worst? I think it brings out the best in people. Because these are hard times and yet we're like, we're, we're trusting God. We're rallying around one another. Our president has called for a national day of prayer. And I'm very grateful for that. And we're praying for our nation. Our Red Cross friends are here and we need to encourage them and thank God for them. I've met some from Hawaii all the way to Minnesota, all right? And they are here. And they are here not under the best of circumstances, right? Would you leave your home and go sleep on a cot for a few days or weeks? So we have some hard times. Some of you are going through some hard times. God bless you, my friends. I know you're going through some hard, hard times. But I do believe with all my heart it will get better. And God will bring joy. He'll bring beauty out of the ashes. And you'll be strong and God will walk with you through it. So let me pray for us as we wrap up today. Thank you for listening, being so attentive. As we wrap up our message today, I do want to close with a prayer and also an opportunity for us to respond to what we've heard. With your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, if you would, just, just take a moment. Let's pray together. Let me pray for you. Some of you are here today and you're in the valley. I get that. You're not on the mountain. You're in a place of sorrow. God is the God of the hills and he's the God of the valleys. And I just want to come alongside you, maybe like Nehemiah did of old, and say, you can do this.
you will make it. God is on your side. I am on your side. The people of God are on your side, so you will make it. Hang in there. Be strong. We're praying for you. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't get weary. Hang in there. God bless you. He loves you. He's with you. And I say that to you in all sincerity. Some of you today need the Lord in your life. I know. Some of you are trying to do this this thing on your own and and you're just empty and you need Jesus and you need his help. Would you call on him today? Just say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And hey, by the way, God will take care of the rest. If you just humble yourself before him and say, come into my life and I give you my life, then Jesus will come in and he will forgive you. He will restore you to himself. He will fill you with his Holy Spirit. You will have this abiding joy even in depressed, discouraging times. You say, well, what do I do to get that? How do, I, how do I experience that? Well, it's very simple. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, he will answer you and save you. So you can just say something like, dear God, I need you. Oh, God, come into my life. I believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the Savior of the world, and I want him to be my Savior today. If you pray that today, would you let us know about it? Would you... Share your joy with us. Let us come alongside you and baptize you like we did Analia today. Can we come alongside you and nurture you and disciple you? God bless you as you make that commitment today. Lord, thank you for our time together and for each person that is here. Lord, I specifically pray. The Mara Diagla family, I pray for them that you would comfort Moises and their precious children. Be with Rosemary's family, God, her sisters, some of whom I met yesterday, and be with their parents and their cousins, their friends, and bless them, O God, and comfort them. Lord, in your providence, you allowed me to share this message with them today, that that you're with them and that good days are coming. Hang on. God has not forsaken you. God has not forgotten you. God loves you, and he will get you through this. He will trust in him. For others that are here today, God, for our Red Cross volunteers, for our Austin Disaster Relief volunteers, for our Great Hills people are just stepping up, Lord. And they're ministering to the masses of people there, but also people here. And I pray that you would bless them and equip them, strengthen them. And finally, Lord, I want to pray for our leaders today. I want to pray for the leaders of our homes, for the parents that are in this room who are watching us on television, who are live streaming us. That, God, you have raised them up to be the moms and the dads, the leaders in their home, and I pray that you'd bless them. And may they be reminded, God, that happy days are going to follow these hard days, and that, God, you'd give them joy so that they could lead from a place of joy. I pray for the leaders, Lord, in our city, for our mayor, for our city councilman. I pray, God, for our governor and lieutenant governor. I pray for our congressmen and our senate, all local guys, Lord, right here in Austin that you would bless them. And then, Lord, I pray for President Trump. I pray for his cabinet. I pray for Mike Pence. I pray for all of our national congressmen and senators that you would bless them, oh God. And during this day of prayer, that we would turn our face toward you because, Lord, we need you. And in many ways, we have forsaken you. And so, Lord, you have reached out to us through tragedy. You have told us, I am here and I love you. Turn to me. Turn to me and be saved. Turn to me. And be healed. And so, God, we do that today. And church family, if you're here and after this prayer, you, you just want somebody to pray with you, encourage you, I want you to come. Brother Terry, he's going to lead us in a song. And 
as we sing, you, you, you make your way to the altar. We will join you at the altar. And we will have people that will just wrap our arms around you. We will pray with you even now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. As you stand to your feet, we'll sing. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. And then we'll be on our way. God bless you. Come on now. Even now. Would you come to the altar? Let us pray with you. Let us encourage you.